lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre. And of course, there's all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe Parlor, and uh, also, uh, where else? Oh, Gab. MeWe Parlor and Gab. All right, so I've had several people coming to me recently, like, you know, peers of our in the industry, not like just regular people, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you should get on Getter, you know, things are really going well over there. That's the new platform that was created by uh, Jason Miller, who I worked with on the Cruz campaign, who was formerly like one of Trump's chief political advisors. Um, I went to get on that today, just out of, I said, fine, you know, I got tired of getting ha- hammered. Plus, I think all of our time is probably uh, limited on Twitter and everywhere else this year. As I've said many times, I go over there, somebody already has my name. So I actually kind of took it as a compliment, frankly. You know, a little bit like, hey, my name's worthy of somebody else pilfering and claiming for their own. (laughs) I was kind of like, hey, all right. Just flat out Steve Dace, not like altered. Yeah, Steve Dace is just is taken. Yes. Yeah, over there. So uh, anyway, me, we parlor and Gab look for me there. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace show. And again, that's D E A C E. And if you're looking for clips of the program that are free of censorship, make sure you head over to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. All right. Coming up on the show today, theology Thursday, we're going to delve into a question about When is it time to make peace and when is it time to confront? How do we do that? How do we know? Uh, We'll have that conversation coming up uh, because it's a question I've had to ponder a few times in my own walk. Right? So let's ponder it together. You've wrestled with it? I have wrestled with it a little bit, yes. Uh, We will get into that coming up uh, in uh, Theology Thursday next hour. Uh, Of course, we'll have three non-political questions, so Aaron should consider this to be heads up. This is your warning. Oh, no. I I think people don't realize you really don't have these, that this is not, like, contrived. Sometimes I do. Today I do not. (laughs) Yes. Yes. This would not be one of the sometimes, and one of the sometimes, when he says some... Think about what like would be the most infrequent definition of the term sum. And that would be how many times he is ready for this. When Anthony Fauci tells the truth. There you go. Yep. I, I can't give you a better or uh, it depends on what your definition of the word sum is right there, Mr. Mr. President. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So this is not just some contrived bit. He often is unawares. So now he has about an hour and a half to come up with something uh, at the bottom of the hour. We have been waiting, praying, hoping. Someone with real legal expertise and accomplishment on a national level would step into the breach to help us push back against COVID stand. Finally, someone has, uh, and it's an individual I've known for a long time, Matt Staver at Liberty Council. He will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour, and I, I probably will have to apologize to Matt for his inbox, because I can't tell you how many people I've referred over there, because it's it is it's now surpassed theological questions. The number one thing in my inbox is, 
How, you know, who could represent me to push back against this at my job, at my kid's school, at university, in the military, et cetera. I, I mean, I'm, I'm inundated with this. On the other hand, maybe I should be getting a, getting a cut of this. I mean, with all the business I've referred over there, right? But it ain't about me. It's for the children. It's for the children. Yes, it's for the country. Thank you. In all seriousness, in this case, it is not about me. Um, and uh, just to show how much I respect Matt for doing this, we are planning in our own family of making a not insignificant donation to Liberty Council here in the coming days uh, to help do our own little part for the cause because... I mean, we sat here and waited for months, right? We found like one major law firm in Buffalo that our friend Shannon Joy got to take on her cause, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, there's been little people, little, I shouldn't say little people, little forces of resistance on a local level. Uh, there was the attorney in Ohio, I think we had him on several months ago. But on a national level, there has been no one for us to refer you to. And, and now there is. And we're going to talk to Matt Staver here at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Hitting Back. Texas Congressman Chip Roy and Texas Senator Ted Cruz gave the country a little taste of the old Texas yesterday. First, Congressman Roy lambasted Nancy Pelosi's reinstating of the mask mandate within the House of Representatives. This sham of an institution is doing nothing for the American people. Nothing for the betterment of the people that send their representatives here. I just met this morning with an organization that tries to take care of people from human trafficking. Met with an elected official from Mexico. While cartels are raping and pillaging and killing. And we have people infected with COVID coming across our southern border into Texas. And you all put masks, masks up front here, here on the people's house. We got to go around and see, okay, we can't come to the floor. I can't execute my constitutional duty unless I wear a mask. Which is it? Vaccines or masks? By the way, here's what Nancy Pelosi had to say about House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy saying the mask mandate wasn't based in science. In case you didn't catch that, Pelosi called McCarthy, quote, a moron. Then Senator Cruz lambasted the CDC as an institution. You know, it was interesting as I was reading through this COVID bill, Section 107, talking about what foreign governments are doing. An awful lot of the description of foreign governments can, can apply to our own government. So Section 107 of this bill says certain foreign governments have taken measures in response to COVID-19 that violate the human rights of their citizens without clear public health justification. Well, I think you could delete the word foreign in that because we've seen governments here domestically arbitrarily exercising power as well. This section 107 also says governments using the COVID-19 pandemic as a pretext for repression have undermined democratic institutions, check, debilitated institutions for transparency and public integrity, check, quashed legitimate dissent. I might remind you that Anthony Fauci in those emails asked Facebook to silence anyone who said anything different than the government directive on speech. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis hit back at the CDC's new head-scratching guidelines on masks, vaccines, and schools. Well, look, if anyone is calling for lockdowns, you're not getting that done in Florida. I'm going to protect people's livelihoods. I'm going to protect kids' right to go to school. I'm going to protect people's right to run their small businesses. Uh, we have a situation where we have three vaccines that have been widely available for months and months now. 
and people need to make decisions uh, what's best for them. The American Postal Workers Union, which represents nearly a quarter million postal workers in the country, became probably the first major union in the country to publicly stake out a position against mandatory vaccinations. In the sports world, veteran Buffalo Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley made a statement to the media about his decision not to get the jab. Some people may think that I'm being selfish in making this a me thing. It is all about the young players who don't have a voice and are reaching out to me every day because they're being told if they don't get vaxxed, they'll be cut. And we all want to be safe. For so many players around the NFL safety does not solely mean avoiding the COVID virus. Our health is the now and years beyond, which we are trying to protect with our personal choice while doing all the things we did in our protocol during a very successful 2020 NFL season. Meanwhile, on Fox News. If you're unvaccinated, then you should at least get tested every week on your own or be understand why you are banned from the VA, why you are banned from restaurants, why you are banned from other businesses and colleges increasingly, and they should be because it's selfish. If you're unvaccinated and you're going around without being tested, you are an arrogant, Selfish proof of that. Pfizer is enjoying themselves a cool $33.5 billion in sales this year. The company also released some data yesterday showing how effective a third booster shot could be against the Delta variant. All of this fell on the same day it was found out the research paper the CDC used to base its new useless mask guidance on was neither peer-reviewed nor actually studied vaccines available in the United States. Headline from Slate, the U.S. government's noble lies about COVID-19. The Biden Department of Justice warned states not to return to pre-pandemic voting regulations in a document released by the DOJ yesterday. The DOJ is threatening to sue states who attempt to curtail mail-in voting. Quote, the department's enforcement policy does not consider a jurisdiction's readoption of prior voting laws or procedures to be presumptively lawful. Instead, the department will review a jurisdiction's changes in voting laws or procedures for compliance with all federal laws regarding elections as the facts and circumstances warrant. End quote. With the help of Mitch McConnell and 16 other Republican senators, debate on a $550 billion infrastructure bill is moving forward. In Israel, the Ministry of Health announced today they're no longer breaking down hospitalization data by vaccinated and unvaccinated status. Recently, as much as 40% of those hospitalized with the virus in Israel were vaccinated. This comes ahead of the lockdown only for the unvaccinated, which is slated to begin on August 8th. And finally, lefty comedian Michael Rappaport has had it with the CDC. I, uh, I just watched uh, Tony Fauci and CNN. People with the vaccine, vaccinated people, are now spreading the coronavirus. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, I was a, yes, I'm vaccinated. Yeah, you little sticker. Yay, I'm vaccinated. Be a hero, be vaccinated. I went from being a hero because I'm vaccinated and now you are calling me a super spreader? I ain't no super spreader. Figure this out. Okay. And that's what happened while we were away. That's great. I said yesterday on this show and to people I know in public office privately, 
the anger is growing. And it is not, a, it is a Venn diagram. It is not a stratified breakdown of who'd you vote for in the last election. There's a lot of crossover here. I mean, you got the Washington Post this morning questioning, where's the data that justifies this? Because see, I told you all of last year, all branch Covidians voted for Biden, but not all Biden voters are branch Covidians. They don't want to wear the bleeping masks either. Believe me, they don't want to take their kids in the summertime to Disney World and Disneyland reinstituting a mask mandate yeah. either. They don't want to either. They don't either. The anger is growing. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at Patriot Wine. If you want a glass of wine to wind down every now and then, how about one that's also 10 times healthier? We're down in Argentina. They make a really dark, high-class um, highly nutritious red wine from Malbec grapes grown at about 9,000 feet. They have lab tested these wines, found that they contain up to 10 times the levels of longevity and heart health uh, with the nutrient called resveratrol. Uh, it's very powerful stuff. Uh, helps both with heart and brain health. And the wines also have you know, about uh, 90% less sugar than what you typically pick up at a store here in the States. I mean, that's all well and good, right? You just really want to know, though, how good they taste. Well, all three of us have tried, uh, on an individual level, a bottle of these, and they taste absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommended. Great for grilling season. Red wine goes great with red meat. If you want to try it today, get 50% off their best Malbecs, and and they'll throw in 50% off of the shipping as well uh, at PatriotWine2021.com. You just need to go to the website. 50% off both the wine and the shipping. Double discount at PatriotWine2021.com. Again, that is PatriotWine2021.com. Looking at this montage, um, I, I honestly don't even know where to begin. Um, what's, what's happening in Israel, I think, should frighten you. And what Israel, you know, Israel has been accused falsely for decades of being an apartheid state. In fact, I would argue, and I think many of you would likely agree, that the biggest mistake Israel has made for decades that has been corrected in the Bibi Netanyahu era, he's gone now, um, but was being too lenient to people and peoples that have no claim on their land. That's, I think most of us probably share some semblance of that opinion. Yes. Uh, trying for decades to do land for peace and things of that nature, right? Yes. Okay. Um, this, what's happening in Israel, this is a far greater threat to your way of life if you're an Israeli than what the Islamo-fascists would love to do to you if they could. I mean, your military will just bomb and shoot them. This is your own government now under the new prime minister, Naftali Bennett, uh, they're coming after you. They, they really are attempting to create an apartheid state in Israel. Finally. After decades of being accused by this from the Ben and Jerry's of the world, they, they now are literally trying to create an apartheid state in Israel. Second most vaccinated country in the world. Whose own prime minister admits that 
the Pfizer vaccine has not lived up to their expectations. So instead of turning on the corporation that sold you somewhat of a lemon, it wouldn't be the data there wouldn't show you that it's totally failed. It just has not been the magic elixir they were promised. It's been helpful, but it's not been the magic elixir they were promised. Well, it was helpful for a time. Let's put it that way. But it's not been the magic elixir they were promised. It's not been the immunization they were promised. And instead of turning to Pfizer and say, hey, fix this or you're out. They've turned on their own people. Now they want to no longer offer you the data of what it looks like between vaccinated and unvaccinated folks. And <laughs> let me tell you why they don't want to offer that. Because fascists cover their tracks like that. And what Prime Minister Bennett in Israel is proposing is fascism. It's the classic definition. Instead, now they're going to promote third boosters from Pfizer instead. That's in the news today in Israel. Third shots. So I guess second boosters. And beginning on August 8th, if you don't take the Pfizer vaccine or haven't taken it, then you might as well be given a yellow star. I don't know what else to say. I, don't, I mean, do you, I mean, what else? I mean, that's what they're doing there. Yep. Here's the thing. Israel's own data. Let me, let me tell you why they want to get rid of showing you the data between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Israel's own data shows 40% of the new cases in the country, 40% of them were fully vaccinated. Less than 1% of the new cases came from people who were known to have had an infection and fully recovered from it. Let me repeat that data. That's Israel's own data from its Ministry of Health. 40% of Israel's new cases this month have been from the fully vaccinated. Less than 1% of their new cases came from people that were known to have had an infection and then fully recovered, or what we call natural immunity. In the second most vaccinated country in the world, a country high in population density, you got about, what, 8 million people living in a land mass about the size of, what, Massachusetts or New Hampshire here in the United States? That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good control group to take a look at in real time on what these vaccines do and don't do when you get outside the studies. And what it's showing you in Israel is that their vaccines are losing efficacy. And their prime minister admits this. So then, of course, the only recourse has to be to not go back to Pfizer and say, what the hell are we paying you for? But to turn on your own people and to promote more of Pfizer's products. That's the classic definition of fascism. When, a, when both the private and the, the elites in the private and public sector unite to impose on your freedom and your rights. That's the classic definition. That is what's happening in Israel right now. Let me give you some more data from Israel that they don't want you to know. Why they're going to stop, apparently, reportedly. 
differentiating between vaccinated and unvaccinated. This is data just out in the last hour from Israel's Ministry of Health. You ready for this? Probably not. There have been a pretty low number overall of deaths in the first two weeks of July in Israel of those 60 and, and over, okay? I mean, the number overall is pretty low. It's only 25. That's a pretty low death number overall in a nation of 8 million people. I'm sorry, the number's 31. It's 31 people have been. 25 of them were fully vaxxed. 81%. That's right out of Israel's own data. 81% of those in Israel who have passed away so far in July, over the age of 60, fully vaccinated. 81%. Now, the overall death number is low. But does that is that anywhere close to the picture that CDC and Anthony Fauci are trying to paint you here in the United States? Or Geraldo Rivera or whoever else is exactly. screaming at us. Yesterday, Los Angeles County announced over 25% of its cases in July, the vaccinated. Over 25%. That's out of L.A. County. You know, that bastion of right-wing dogma and science denying. The same science, the same health department who said yesterday, if they have even one COVID case, they'll shut down all schools in L.A., is also telling you what more than one out of four cases in that county are fully vaccinated. Remind you, well over 60% of those 16 and over are vaccinated in Los Angeles County. In fact, I think the number is like 68%. At this point, anybody who comes to you, I saw what Sarah Huckabee Sanders said the other day, Basically treating you, if you live in Arkansas, like you're adult. Well, these vaccines are from Trump's program. I got the Trump vaccine. So apparently you'll all just sit down there, you know, when you're done, you know, when you're done wiping the moonshine off your lips and showing young Bubba how to spit his dip in the spittoon. Ooh, pig suey. When you're done with that. You'll hear on that there radio over there. You'll hear Ma Kettle will call you in the room. Hey, the vaccines came from the Trump administration. Well, hot damn, Sally. Why did anybody tell me? Let's go ahead and hop in the wagon right on down the road. Don't forget my straw hat and a smoke. My pipe, preferably. Yeah, I know it's preferably, but that's how we speak down here. No one told me it was the Trump vaccine. By golly. Inject that soon, bitch. I can't wait. Give it to me. In fact, I'll take it a couple times. That's essentially what she said a couple days ago. Like, that's who she must think her constituents are. You've just been waiting around. You did not know. You know, all 7,957 times. Donald Trump told you about Operation Warp Speed. You apparently didn't catch any of them and are just now learning 
that the vaccine program came from his administration. Breaking news to those of you in Little Rock, Hope Springs, Fayetteville. You didn't know. She, Isn't that essentially the implication yeah. of what she's well, saying? Well, That's that her it. messaging. She she must love Anthony Fauci, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, the idea that it's just a group, one group of people, and with more and more data like this, like out of L.A. County, you think there's a whole bunch of people. So you're going to shut this thing down if there's one case. One out of four cases is from the va- va- why, what am, what, why am I doing this? There, see, we've been wondering, what could, what could bring E Pluribus Unum back to America again? What could unite people around a common theme in America again? Is it even still possible? When you've got Michael Rappaport sounding like Ned Ryan, Steve Dace, Daniel Horowitz, I think we have found it. The anger is growing because as I have told you for years, all people may be sinful, but they're not all stupid. Let me bring you two into the conversation. What say you? I think this is a good time to remember. I've seen a few people on the right posit over the last 24 to 48 hours that, well, the Democrats aren't getting anything done in Congress. And so they're naturally uh, pivoting back to uh, the virus and uh, putting on these restrictions. First of all, that doesn't make any sense because they were already really unpopular. Second of all, Mitch McConnell and his cabal of spineless, gutless Republicans uh, are giving them what they want in the infrastructure bill. And thirdly, this is really key. They're not doing this. They're not doing this for any political reason anymore. Maybe it was the case back in the spring, but that it was it was really, really politically expedient for them to do this now. Whatever this is, and it's been the case the entire time with all of the tyranny that we've seen, it's been the case the whole time that there was an element of, we just want power. Now, it was a large element of it. This is all about, this is all about no carrot anymore. This is just the stick. This is just the stick. You will bow to Zod now. They're just dropping their trowel pulling it out, and peeing on you. All of us. And then telling you it's gold, I'm sorry, the uh, Trump supporters who are causing all of this. That's the only political part about this. The rest of this is just raw will to power. That's where we're at now. And along those lines, uh, today on uh, Twitter, former uh, so-called conservative Karen on uh, Twitter coming out and saying that, you know what, now your kids are just going to have to suffer this fall because the vaccine, in, in, in running in circles, because now we have to mask, because the vaccines work, because they don't work, and yada, 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 yada. But the point is that now you will have to suffer. It, so it's not, remember, the devil does not just come with torches and pitchforks. We are right in the heart of did God really say. And we are guzzling it from the fire hose. Just bathing it. Loving it. Let me get back to normal. And look at all the normal that we're trying to get back to. That normal, like football, where's that working? It's all 
utterly broken because it all stems from the same garbage trough that you all like feeding from on a regular basis. Try the truth for a change. What do you got to lose? Starting with right now, there better be a lot of people getting arrested in that House of Representatives at the U.S. Capitol. Yeah. A lot of them. Dude, that is, that you're referencing Pelosi's threat to yes. arrest, have House members who won't mask arrested? That is the greatest political litmus test since God came to Gideon and said, show me who laps up the water and then drinks it with their hands. I just want the guys who lap up the water. Give me those guys, okay? This is, I mean, you want to know. You want to know who has a set, who has any kind of conviction whatsoever, okay? Or, or, the, or has any sort of righteous ambition because, man, that's gold, Jerry. That you want to talk. I, like, want to run for Congress now just so I can have the photo op because you want to be the next superstar. Yeah. I mean, the ball is tipped. <laughs> there you are. I mean, this is a one shining moment for someone just waiting yeah. to step. You, dude, Aragorn's sword is not even yeah. in a stone. It's just sitting against the if wall. You, Go grab it and show everybody, hey, if, I have the power. Yes. I'm the hero you're looking if for. If you don't wear the mask, Nancy Pelosi can't win. Either way, she arrests you, she loses. You don't wear the mask, she does nothing, she loses. Right now, America's at stake for all of us. You're up. By the way, also in Israel in July, 80% of all severe critical patients, 60 plus, also fully vaccinated. You know, it wasn't so long ago that companies just existed to generate a profit uh, and customers could then uh, use that profit incentive to get the best service and product from said companies, but not so much anymore. Nowadays, companies view themselves as, as social justice institutions, social engineering proselytizers. And that's why when you've got a chance uh, to align with a company that doesn't openly uh, oppose your values, but even supports them, take advantage of it, like with our friends at Patriot Mobile, they've got the broadest nationwide coverage because they use all the same towers as the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus they've got plans to fit any budget, 100% US-based customer service plan uh, that's rated amongst the highest uh, of all wireless carriers. And more importantly, they share your values Support organizations fighting for religious freedom, the Constitution, etc. They'll never give your money uh, to something, uh, to an entity that that doesn't uh, stand up for what you stand up for. So if you want to go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve right now, they've got special discounts for veterans, first responders. Uh, you can also support a company that supports your values and make the switch today with your mobile phone service at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Get a free activation with the offer code Steve at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT. Again, that's 972-PATRIOT. We have been uh, patiently, maybe beginning to become un, uh, impatiently, waiting to see would someone step into the legal arena here to defend us. Thankfully, someone has, uh, and it's somebody I've known for a long time, uh, Matt Staver from Liberty Council. Matt, it's good to have you here on the show, brother. How are you? Very good. Good to be with you, Steve. Let's start about why you decided here at Liberty Council, Matt, to step into the breach on a on a macro national level. We we have found individual firms in, in on local settings willing to do it at times, but 
nationally, we've been waiting for someone with some gravitas to kind of step in and say, here I am, send me. I'll head down to the Valley of Ela and take on COVID Stan. Matt, why there has there been, do you think, some hesitation amongst some others in, in your peer group to do this? Well, I think some people look at this and whether they can win or not. We look at it as to whether it's right. We obviously want to win, but we also want to make sure that we're doing something that is compelling. And this is certainly as compelling as we've ever encountered. And we believe we can win as well. This really began back in March when we were some of the first on the churches to defend the churches. We defended the very first pastor in the country, frankly, in the world that was arrested on the last uh, Monday of March 2020 for having his church Sunday service on the last Sunday of March 2020. And from then, we've been very much involved in the litigation for churches. We got criticism. People told us, well, you're going to kill grandma. Obviously, you know, I'm a pastor as well as an attorney. I, I don't want to hurt anybody, certainly grandma. But we also saw other issues at stake. And then in April of 2020, we began warning about a so-called vaccine passport, that this COVID-19 was going to be used to actually impose this mandatory vaccine passport, and obviously the discussion of creating so, some sort of shot or drug or vaccine was then just beginning underway. So we've been involved in this fight for a long time. And then what we've also seen as uh, the first Pfizer drug was rolled out in mid-December, uh, we looked at the whole data. We looked at the normal time of research and deployment and testing. And this just really defied all of that because as you know, Steve, you're well-versed on this. It takes seven to 10 years mm -hmm. or longer to develop a vaccine. Five years of testing, 93 plus percent fail because they never meet the criteria. And then to deploy this in just uh, eight to nine months with no testing, experimental mRNA technology, we were very skeptical and we looked at the data we've been following ever since. You know, and then, you know, we've not only looked at the data, but I've had a very dear friend that died after taking the second shot. I've had friends that have had heart attacks that have gone into the hospital after taking the shot. We have supporters, a husband and wife after taking the Moderna shot, well uh, in health, no problems. They both developed cardiac conditions and they regretted it, but you know, it's hard to turn back that clock. So we do a lot of research as you do. We've seen people that are suffering. We know people that are suffering. We know a lot of people in the medical industry. In addition to the suffering, we also believe that it's just frankly violating federal law, state law in our United States constitution to force anybody. I mean, listen to this, to force someone to put any kind of drug into your veins is just absolutely unconscionable, especially when it's experimental, especially when it's causing deaths, especially when it's causing injuries. This is the worst, most disastrous rollout in the history of America of any vaccine or any emergency use authorization. And so when we looked at all the data, we believe, and we're getting inundated, and, and thanks, Steve, for helping to be part of the inundation with <laughs> giving out our contact, and, and we're very pleased. I mean, we're working with people all over the country, and then obviously what happened this week with Biden and the VA mandating it on all the workers, uh, that has just caused a flood, and as a result of the events that happened this week, we are inundated, but we're working with people all over the country in schools, in uh, government, in private employment, who really don't want to have this shot. Let me just give you this one example, and I'll turn it back to you, Steve. But this morning today, 
I got an email from someone who said his employer now, as a result of what Biden just did and the fake information from the DOJ that it's okay and it doesn't violate the federal law, they're now mandating the shot. Well, you know what? His sister took the shot and his sister died as a result of that shot. That's the kind of torment people are going through right now. Hmm. You know, Matt, just from a, a from a, a spiritual perspective, we are not promised perfect outcomes here east of Eden in a fallen world. And and right now, all of us are taking a risk. Every American, regardless of your background, belief system, how you voted, if you vote, age, everyone is, because we don't know, because we still don't know what the true origins of the virus are. We, we don't know what even an asymptomatic exposure to this virus could mean for someone's health profile 20, 30 years from now. Likewise, we also don't know what even the, what the long-term exposure of, of injecting this new technology into your body will be either. This should be a time, therefore, since we're all taking a risk and we're not dealing with a, with a smallpox level of case fatality rate, which is 15,000% higher than the COVID CFR. If there was ever a time for us to come together as a country and our institutions to say, hey, we have something, we think it does something against death uh, it, 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 as, from an efficacious standpoint, particularly for the immunocompromised or the elderly, we suggest you take a look at it. But if there was ever a time for us to have this level of grace and make room for conscience, given the fact we're all taking a risk, whether we take this injection or not, this would seem to be it. And yet... When you look, it seems the worse the data gets, the more tyrannical they want to be. The data out of Israel just or just an hour ago, here so far in the month of July, 80% of the deaths in Israel over 60 fully vaccinated. 81% of the of those with severe with severe uh, illness or hospitalization in Israel over 60 fully vaccinated. Now their numbers of full of of deaths and and severe illness have come down. That's good. But the idea that there's no risk to taking this whatsoever against the uh, that you weigh vis-a-vis the of not taking it. And so this is a no brainer that no data in the world shows this absolutely anywhere, including our own, where yesterday L.A. County said one out of four of its new cases in July are fully are vaccinated individuals. So where do they get off with this, Matt? Well, one of the problems we have is the incredible censorship, and this is coming directly from the White House pressuring uh, social media, and social media was doing that even before, but now it's even worse. In fact, I did a program with David Barton. It was done on YouTube, uh, unfortunately, and it was just this past week, just yesterday, in fact, or Tuesday, in fact, and, and now his channel has been suspended for a week because I was on his program talking about these stats, these are stats that actually come from our own CDC. These are stats that come from the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom is very similar in that respect with regards to what it's finding regarding the lack of efficacy, particularly after a few months from these jabs. And they have Moderna and they have Pfizer and they have AstraZeneca. And, and of course, Israel, as you know, has Pfizer. Israel is seeing that it's a failure, that in fact, it doesn't provide that long-lasting immunity, and that's why they've now pushed the subsequent booster. So what we look at here is, you know, when we look at, did we even need these shots? That's the first question. Was there an emergency for which there was no medicine that's already been FDA approved and tested that could be used off-label? And the answer to that is no. That's why they crushed information on hydroxychloroquine yep. and ivermectin yep. because they wanted to create this emergency to create a shot to create control by the vaccine passport. As, as you know, this is a major 
use of COVID-19 to really take our freedom away. So they wanted to crush hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. They're very effective. And we now know that there are studies, many, many studies on both that show how effective they are in treating COVID. So when I look at COVID, I look at what can I do with current information based upon nutraceuticals and other existing safe drugs if I get COVID? Well, I, I have data. I have lots of people who have recovered quickly using the proper protocol like Dr. Peter McCullough authored in 2020. Then you look at these shots. Well, this is mRNA. We've never done it before. We tried it before on animals prior to COVID and we stopped. Why? Because the animals were dying. So this is an experimental shot of mRNA that we've never used before and certainly never used it on humans. And now you look at the data after that. People are dying, people are injured, they're suffering. And now you look at the most recent data, and that is, look, these shots, whatever efficacy they may have had in the early phases, it really fades away, particularly after four, five, six months. And that's what Israel's finding, the UK's finding, and that's what we're finding in these hospitals. But what you, in the United States, but what you are hearing from the CDC and Biden administration and the media is, it's safe. It's effective, both are lies, and that 99% of the people in the hospitals are the, quote, unvaccinated people. That's a lie, too. The data cannot be that skewed when you look at the data from other countries mm -hmm. and when we look at other data in the individual hospitals. So, Matt, someone's listening right now. I gotta, and I got to warn you, I, I don't even have to look. I promise you, my inbox is already filling up. How do I get a hold of these people? What do I do? <laughs> so another horde is coming your way, okay? But um, if, if someone is being forced with this right now at their job, at their school, at a university, A, what do you suggest they do? And then B, how are you guys, because there's no way you can help all these people. So how, are you, how do you help the people that you can? Well, we're helping uh, lots and lots of people. Uh, go to lc.org, lc.org, click on the legal help tab. And then we'll be in touch with you very quickly. LC.org, click on the legal help tab. You can also, for more information that we've gathered on this issue, go to LC.org slash vaccine. LC.org slash vaccine. Steve, uh, we're working with people all over the country. And I want to, if I have a moment, to talk about this absurd Department of Justice memo. They came out with a memo this week. It's going to be disastrous because it's now opening the door for people and schools to think that they cannot, uh, that they're not violating federal law. Look, this memo says correctly multiple times that the FDA and the actual federal law says that the FDA can provide a quote, option to accept or refuse, an option to accept or refuse. And they say, that's what it says. That's what the FDA has done. They say that multiple times in this 18 page memo. But then they say, but it really doesn't mean you have the option to refuse. It means that we can only, we only have to tell you you have the option to refuse. And after we tell you you have the option, then we can force you. I mean, that's like saying, Steve, mm -hmm. you have the right to remain silent. And as long as we've told you you have the right to remain silent, now we're going to force you to talk mm -hmm. against your constitutional right. That's the absurdity of this memo. It is a results-driven memo. And the memo itself makes absolutely no sense but it was done because Biden wanted it, and it was sent to the Biden administration so that he could force the people in the VA and the federal employment 
And then now you've got the same thing happening in California and these other places around the country. It is a watershed that has just been opened. And I can tell you what, this memo, this Department of Justice, this Biden administration doing what it's doing is going to be responsible for the death and injury of untold numbers of people. This is a shame in so many ways. It's a violation of the law, but it's a violation of individual human dignity. And so we will not stand. As a pastor, my heart bleeds for these people uh, that are not only injured, but those people that should never, ever be placed in a position in their employment or their education to choose between injecting something in their body or foregoing their work or educational career. Never should happen. And my heart weeps for these people. As a lawyer, I will not stand by and allow this to happen. Folks, as Matt was speaking there, I just went to the website, um, lc.org slash vaccine. And I got to tell you, the you guys have been asking me for a year and a half. Can I get a link? Can you guys put up a website and a web page with all the stuff that you guys and the research you have done? That's why we wrote Fauci and Bargain earlier this year. From a web perspective, this is the absolute most thorough resource I have seen. And I think you guys know I've seen a lot of this stuff over the last year and a half. This is, I mean, you need to go to this website. Whether you've got an issue with, with COVID stand tyranny or not, you just want to be informed, you want to see the stuff they have on the site. I mean, this is a fantastic array of information to at least get you started on what you're up against, uh, as well as hopefully help you find help that you need to push back against it as well. Matt, one more time, what's the website people go to? LC.org, LC.org, and for legal help, just click on the legal help tab or LC.org slash vaccine for that page that you're talking about. But the main one is just LC.org. If you're looking for something, by the way, to donate to, I'll, he didn't ask me to do this, I'll do it. This is a worthy organization right now to be donating to. They're running to the battle while others are running away. All right, Matt, thank you very much for your doing, brother. Keep us up to date, okay? Thanks, God bless Dave. Thanks you, for having me. You bet. All right, what do you think, guys? I was most interested to find out because a lot of people have gone wobbly uh, in the face of uh, even the obvious evidence. And there's clearly a business opportunity here. So I just wanted to see how far down the rabbit hole he had gone. The man jumped all the way in, mm-hmm. all the way in, which is encouraging because that means he, the, the level of pull he had on multiple facets, he can defeat all of their ideas, all of them. Um, Amen, brother. And, and well I'll just done. tell you, I've had a lot of interactions with Matt over the years. And um, he's one of the few people that I have seen in Christian conservative leadership that has that just tends to remain steadfast, regardless of whatever the current fad is or who the popular pop- politician is. Um, and so, I, 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 you know what? In hindsight, I should not have been surprised to learn recently that he and his organizations are the ones that are actually running to where the fire is burning hottest when a lot of people are not, all right? So Liberty Council, you want to check them out. LC.org, you want to support that as well. Theology Thursday coming your way next. All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Let us know what you think about what we think. By the way, I'm Steve Dace. That's Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, but hopefully you know by now who we are. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. You can also follow me on Twitter. 
at Steve Dace Show. Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show is where you can go uh, to get clips uh, of the program for free that are also free of censorship. The interview we just did with Matt Staver at Liberty Council, who is walking and stepping into the breach when others couldn't run and hide fast enough. We're going to put that out as a separate interview for you to watch later today at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. Share that with everybody you know that is trying to push back against COVID stand tyranny. And of course, there is just no way Matt can handle all of the cases coming their way. No, no one could. No one could. But hopefully they can handle enough and win enough that it sets enough precedent for others um, like yourselves and uh, maybe ourselves one day if we have to confront this, uh, that uh, we get enough case law out there that supports our position. So again, uh, LC for Liberty Council, lc.org is where you want to go to get more information, lc.org slash vaccine. This is the website you guys have all been asking me to do for the last year and a half. I was just blown away when I scrolled through that during the break, okay? You guys have been begging for me to do a website for the last year and a half. Thankfully, I don't have to. lc.org slash vaccine is where you can go. That's, that's the best singular resource I've seen since, well, our book, all right? And it's hard to believe this book's almost six months old here. It's going to be six months old later in August, all right? lc.org is where you can go and then if you're not even facing COVID stand yet but you know that one day you could be uh, you can do a lot worse than support uh, an organization like that it's also a 501c3 by the way so lc.org slash vaccine uh, also uh, if you're a podcast listener please uh, let us know uh, that you're there. Hit the subscribe or follow button. I think that's what iTunes is using now instead of subscribe. Uh, but whatever it's called, wherever you podcast from, click on it, please, uh, where we are concerned. Leave us a five-star review as well, please. If you've yet to do that, we would appreciate it if you would. Thanks to the thousands upon thousands of you that have done those things for us already. You have contributed to our show's growth and success in the last year and a half, and we appreciate each and every one of you, just like we also appreciate Built Bar. My wife hijacked my Facebook page yesterday. I didn't realize it until we got home from dinner last night. And I'm looking at my Facebook page. And I'm like, what has like 3,000 comments? And it's my wife. She had hijacked my page to say, hey, wish Steve a happy birthday. So I tried to read as many of those as I possibly could. They were so heartfelt, very appreciative. Thank you. Several of them, though, also invoked Built Bar. Are you having a Built Bar birthday cake? How many Built Bars are you eating today? Hey, man, don't knock it till you rock it, all right? I've, I've now taken the two flavors, both because he thought it was nearly impossible and two because he loves it and hates to see it ruin. I've now taken two flavors that Erzin, who doesn't like almost anything these days other than something soaked in vinegar. I've taken the two flavors that you thought just could not be emulated into a protein bar. I've given them both to you to try. And what was the verdict, brother? Success. It was success. So there you go. I, that's the best endorsement you're going to get right there on top of my own, okay? Uh, if you want to try Built Bar, it is the best protein bar you've ever had. Easy on the tummy. That's a big thing with, with supplements like these or supplemental meal replacements or even just healthier snacks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, easy on the tummy. That's a big thing. Uh, and big on flavor, big on nutrition. Built.com is the website. B-U-I-L-T. It's now the official sponsor of the U.S. Olympic track and field team as well. Uh, Built.com 
B-U-I-L-T. And while you're there, use the promo code for my last name, DACE. Get 15% off. D-E-A-C-E, 15% off with the promo code DACE at Built.com. All right, let's get to some Theology Thursday. And I have a question from a Mindy. Uh, She writes, um, I'm curious your thoughts about Proverbs chapter 6, verse 19. I'm currently doing a year to read the entire Bible, and this verse caused me to pause. Is it stirring up conflict to be opposed to things like lockdowns, masks, critical racist theory, wokeness in general? I've personally felt that going along with things you know are wrong is like a lie and that I'm pretty sure that's probably a sin. I've used this logic when confronted on the mask debate. When I've been told, first, do no harm by a veterinarian, I replied that lying is more harmful than admitting masks don't work the way they are saying. I'm a licensed vet tech, so they're the doctors in my world. Would it have been better to just allow them their false sense of security or righteousness? P.S. I love you guys' a show. Originally joined for Louder with Crowder. By the way, hopefully he gets better. I was seeing some stuff yesterday that, uh, that Stephen is struggling uh, in the hospital. But uh, I joined the Blaze for Louder with Crowder, but have really come uh, to look forward to you guys' a show. And I don't know that anything has more referred people to our program, like ever, than, than Stephen mm-hmm. Crowder's show. I mean, how many notes have we gotten since um, we aligned on our platform of people who came here originally for him and then ended up finding us and sticking around. More so than any other we, kind. we owe him some kind of a commission check of some kind too, I think. Okay. Um, and by the way, Fauci and Bargain was the first book I purchased in a long time. And I'm grateful for you guys for creating such a solid reference for me to debate. So Mindy, this is a, this is a very timely question. And I think it's one in some respects well, I think every believer has to you has to wrestle with this, okay? But I think when you live in a country that is still free, and right now our freedoms in America are probably threatened more than they ever have been, but we're still the freest nation on earth. I guess both of those two things are similarly are are, are both still true, right? But when you have the freedom to angst, when you have the freedom to protest, when you have the freedom to scream and yell and let your voice be heard. Um, I think it's unique. This is a uniquely challenging conversation for believers in a culture like this one. Okay. Because we could easily justify arguing over useless genealogies and frivolous things as Paul describes in the new Testament, but that's kind of our national custom to some extent, right? And and we could say that that is therefore worthy of causing some form of divisiveness when maybe it's not. On the other hand, we're in an era right now where we are abandoning patriarchal tendencies for matriarchal ones, a very emotion-driven culture. The idea that um, playing nice, being nice, is of the highest value. Maintaining decorum and, and, and peace in every situation is uh, more viable and valid. Hey, well, you know, that helps that person to feel good. Um, if patriarchal societies give um, don't give a turd what makes you feel good to the point of 
coming across, they can become cold and callous, right? Mm -hmm. Matriarchal ones are primarily driven by what makes you feel good to the point that they can become uh, limp and lackadaisical, yes. okay, and licentious, right? Somewhere in there is an equilibrium, somewhere, right? Because both patriarchal and matriarchal tendencies are made in God's image, right? Men and women are both equally made in his image. So somewhere in there is a plumb line for us to not go off of the uh, old school, great Santini dad is how we run a society, or um, Dr. Phil is now Augustine, okay, uh, which is what we're doing now, right? Is there is there somewhere where there is a happy medium? And the answer is, yeah. In fact, let's go to the very book that you cited. Proverbs 6 is an often uh, is an oft-discussed chapter uh, because um, it, com it it has what are called often a list of um, the seven deadly sins. And it begins in, I want to actually go back a couple verses, not just take verse 19 by itself. Let's start with verse 16 that verse 19 is a part of. Verse 16 says, and I, I'm using for those of you that want to know, the ESV, which just I'm a personal fan of because it's a word-for-word -word translation of the original text we have into modern English, okay? It's not, it's not translating the Bible into modern English. That's what the NIV does. And for a long time, it did it well, except now the people that run the NIV are concerned about pronouns, so don't use it, okay? Uh, the ESV is, unless you're using an, EI, an NIV that's pre-1990, then I think you're totally okay. Anything from like the mid to late 90s on, and it's, you know, they're, 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 they've, you know, they've kind of lost a little bit of their salt. Is that fair, do you think? Is that, oh, for okay sure. With that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, ESV is a word-for-word -word translation into modern English, not a, not a translation of the Bible into modern English, okay? Uh, so let's start with, uh, with verse 16. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Okay, so right away, verse 19 finds itself in the context of the scriptures that are provocative, confrontational, because we're beginning with, here are the things that your creator who loves you more than you could possibly understand, your finite mind cannot even begin to understand the love that he has for you. The meticulous nature to counting every hair on your head, he put into framing, forming, shaping you. The sacrifice through his son, Jesus Christ, that he, that he paid for you. Your finite mind just can't even fully grasp it. And yet, here are the things that really tick him off. So right away... We've left the paradigm of nice makes right. Whatever makes everybody feel good, whatever keeps the peace, whatever keeps things simmered down is the highest of, of value. We've already, we've already abandoned that cultural norm that we have today. And typically that means you water down your belief system to let mine rule over you. That's typically what all that is code language for. Okay. You don't speak up while I'm running you over. You say nothing while I'm robbing you of your God-given rights and freedoms and, and pillaging and plundering your children's um, a, a future worldview, earning potential, and your livelihood now. And if you dare have a dissenting view, well, I mean, that's divisive, right? So right away, here we have the word of God saying, 
that the kindest, most sacrificial, wisest, most giving, most creative, most loving being in all of the universe, you can get on his bad side. So right away, throw away the whole template that there's just nothing worthy of, you know, uh, breaking a few eggs uh, and, and, and burning a few bridges over, right? I mean, this, listen to this language. The Lord hates, hates seven that are an abomination, abomination. For those of you that are wondering what abomination means in the original Hebrew that this would have come from here, um, abomination. Uh, that, are abominations bad in general? Gentlemen. Generally speaking. Generally speaking. If indeed um, you swipe right and she indeed returns your swipe and your first DM back to her is, I got to tell you, wow, you're an abomination. How will the conversation continue from that time forward? Likely, gentlemen, dating tips. Not. You tuned in for Theology Thursday. You stuck around for the dating tips. Don't tell is her that, she's an abomination. Is that All like right? with the kids these days? They say, that's really sick, man. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that won't fly. <laughs> Don't. Okay? This is. These are serious words. And here's the thing, too. There's, there, it's just a handful of things. Because he is the, the most loving, the wisest, most creative, most benevolent, most sacrificial being in all the cosmos, he's not like us. Like if Aaron, when we do, when we do three non-political questions here, next oh, segment, no. Aaron could do your Mount Rushmore of things that you hate. You, because we're human, we're going to stick around and have a hard time narrowing it down to four like that we hate today let alone the day before, 10 years ago, five years from yeah. now, and tomorrow. Let me call my wife. I won't be home for a few days. Yes, that's a long list because we're not as benevolent, we're not as caring, we're not as sacrificial, we're not as kind. We're not as wise. So it's a very limited list, okay? Very limited. Like, there, like there's only a few things you can really do here, is what Proverbs is saying, where you can really get on the wrong side of the most powerful being in the universe. These are it. It goes on to say, those things include haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Let me pause there, even though a little bonus theology Thursday ancillary commentary. You didn't ask for this. This is a reminder to all of us. Don't just pray that we will shut down those Planned Parenthood abortuaries. Pray for those that are actually even working in there because they're on the turd list here, man. Hands that shed innocent blood, you know what I'm saying? Yes. That, that whatever, whatever righteous indignation we can muster up for the wickedness of what goes on inside of there pales in comparison to what, to what God thinks about it. All right, now back to the main subject matter. A heart that devises wicked plans. So pray for a lot of your politicians. Um, feet that make haste to run to evil. You kind of see this theme in the New Testament in Romans 1, where Paul closes it out by saying, basically, these are people who delight 
in creating new ways to do evil and encouraging others to do the same. That, that, that's kind of a derivative here of what was first written in Proverbs. Feet that make haste to run to evil. They just can't wait to do it. Fauci. <coughs> Excuse me. Did I say that? Yes. And then we get to verse 19 that Mindy's asking about. A false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. Now, Mindy, when you sent your note, you only asked me about the part about sowing discord among the brethren. But that's not the entirety of verse 19, sister. It begins with a false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among the brethren or the brothers. There's at least an implication here by putting these two things together in the same verse that one of the chief causes of sowing discord within the brethren is a false witness who breathes out lies. So I was on Ali Stuckey's podcast yesterday and she asked me, what do you say to Christians who say I should wear masks because that's loving my neighbor as I love myself? I should have not opened my church because that's the same. Um, I should take the jab. For those very reasons. I, that's unbiblical. That was my answer. There's a commandment. Don't bear false witness. Don't bear false witness. If what you're promoting is a false witness, then it is not, you are not loving your neighbor as you love yourself. You are deceiving your neighbor and yourself you're a deceiver and it doesn't matter how fake your smile is while you're doing it it doesn't matter how self-righteous you feel after you've done it and it doesn't matter how catty and gossipy you were before you did it you're a deceiver you're the one sowing the discord because you're the one bearing false witness that breathes out lies the one, a robber breaks in to a bank, says to the teller, give me all your money or I'll shoot you, points the gun at the teller. The security guard pulls out his gun and shoots the robber. Is the robber sowing discord within the bank? Yeah. Or is the security guard doing it? The robber. The robber is because who's the one that is violating the law? The robber. the robber is who's the one upholding the law the security guard. by shooting the robber yeah. by confronting him. Now, a robber comes in and just passes a note and says, give me all your money or I'll pull out a gun. Should the security guard right away shoot that robber without seeing an actual weapon? Probably not. Probably not. So we're going here for measured, equally measured response. That's what eye for an eye, by the way, in the Old yes. Testament means. It means it means restitutional justice. What you have taken from someone else must now be taken from you. It doesn't mean we literally pluck eyes. It's a it's a figure of speech. And it was actually an act of mercy in a very, very harsh world that did not have proportional justice. That's exactly and right. And that's the that's the right fancy theological term, what he just gave you. Proportional justice. Yes. So the bank robber, now you might not like it, 
like physically you might get ill seeing a dead body in front of you from that bank robber, right? right. I mean, you might, he, and dead bodies do some things that end up grossing you out, right? So, so you might be disgusted by seeing another human life taken and what that actually looks like in front of you, right? Yes. But who in their right mind then, because they're personally disgusted that the bank robber was shot before he could pull his own trigger, who then turns to the security guard and says, why didn't you let him pull the trigger on the teller? This is so disgusting. Anybody do that in their right mind? No. No. We've got a lot of people in their wrong mind though, so. Yeah. But see, I'm taking it out of this context and putting it in another one, right? Yeah. Similarly, the one spewing the lies is sowing the discord. See, we have we are so fixated on tone in this country uh, that's yes. total BS. Yes. That doesn't mean tone never matters. It just doesn't matter nearly as much as we're pent up and built up and and fed up with discussing. I can, at this point we've gone so insane that if I say I've molested your daughter and really enjoyed it. But the tone was great. We just looked the other way. When previous generations, no one would dare say that to us out loud because they wouldn't get out of the conversation alive before the police were ever called. In fact, the, the father, the neighborhood would do justice themselves, then call the cops. That's how previous generations did stuff like this. Now we're just all up on what is the tone? What's the tone by which something is said? Here's a tone for you. There's seven things that God hates. Six that are abomination to him. I like that tone. Feast on that for another, for a little while. How's that tone for you? Because these things are so bad, tone is irrelevant. Hi, guys. You know, there's seven things that just, you know, kind of get God a, you know, you just get him a little perturbed. Six of them that are just, you know, make him feel a little gnarly, but it's okay. Jesus loves you, this you know, for the Bible tells you so. No! He hates these things. And why does he hate them? Because these things irritate him so much that he no longer, when he's irritated, he no longer is loving, benevolent, wise, creative. No. They irritate him to this level because he is always wise, loving, benevolent, sacrificial, and creative. That's why they're not pet peeves. It doesn't say here are seven pet peeves of God. Six irritations. He hates these things because of his nature. The same nature that says, I will send my son, I'll put myself into human form and take your sin load, your viral sin load, upon myself. The same impulses and character and integrity of God that spawns that is the same that spawns this, regardless of your tone. If you, Ephesians 5.11 in the New Testament, the same Paul who says, you know, uh, rebuke gently so that you don't drive people away, also writes in Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the darkness. Instead, expose it. How do you reconcile those things? If you are focused on your current postmodern Western notions of tone, you can't. It will seem very contradictory. You can't do it. But if you understand here that the true plumb line are your motivations, 
Meaning that if my motivation is to emulate the character of Christ, more times than not, is my tone probably going to be fairly welcoming and affirming more times than not? Sure. Will it always be? No. No. Most of the time in the Gospels is Christ's tone fairly welcoming, somewhat affirming, somewhat accommodating, somewhat warm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it always? No. Is he any less Christ? No. Is he any less loving, benevolent? No. He's the same. His motivations in all those cases are the same. If your tone is always ornery, always cranky, you're always willing to snap at people, brother, you got to look at yourself in the mirror with some self-control. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit, right? Yes. Okay. But self-control is not the same as self-denial. Or self-deception. What is it that's getting me worked up? You heard Matt Staver last hour, pastor, lawyer. He got pretty worked up. Why was he worked up? Because he knows people that have died after getting these jabs. Because he sees people losing their livelihoods and freedoms over getting something that in real time, it we're proving where their own data is losing efficacy, and yet they're doubling and tripling down on their tyranny. That's some righteous anger right there. And that, that passion, that anger that you saw from him, is why he went to the battlefield while a bunch of other people from organizations we used to actually support on this show hung around instead and waited to see, are these cases we can win? I was actually going to ask Matt more legal wonky questions. When I saw how fired up he was, I decided not to because I thought, you know what? You need to see the passion that's driving him to do this. So what is it that you can't stand? What is it that you said this cannot stand? Are, are, are it things or is it things? Terrible grammar. Sorry. Is it things that your your God given Holy Spirit transformed conscience says, ah, hell no. Or does it just irritate you, annoy you? Those are two totally different standards, man. But in the end, the person who is bearing false witness and breathing out lies, like masks are saviors, they're not. That's the person sowing the discord not the one confronting them, regardless of the confronter's tone. That doesn't mean you can use different tones to be more effective at your confrontation, right? Huh? But that's a totally different conversation than the edification of your confrontation, meaning the justification for it. Tone is regardless. You could argue I might be more effective communicating something in a different way, but that's not what we're arguing here in Proverbs 619. The one who lies, the one who sows deception, the one who bears false witness, regardless of their tone, is the one sowing discord. The one who confronts them is not the one sowing discord, regardless of their tone. They might be more effective if they did it a different way, depending on the time, audience, and place, but they're not the ones sowing discord. And when I'm confronting these things, if you don't like my tone, I remind you of the immortal words of the great evangelist D.L. Moody. I like my way of doing things better than your way of not doing anything. Any thoughts? Just let uh, scripture, comment on scripture. Remember, the Lord himself said, I come here to set brother against brother. Uh, there's clearly something beyond just the existence of discord that's at the heart of your passage of concern. 
Anis, listen, I'm Catholic. One holy Catholic apostolic. It's in there. One is a really important thing. But there on Easter Sunday, I was in a packed church and everybody was wearing masks and me and my family weren't. And we felt the eyes on us. And people might say, well, on Easter, can't you just wear a mask on Easter of all places? On Easter of all places and times, that's why I don't wear a mask. I don't dishonor on the most holy days with a false idol in there. So I wasn't going to be one on that day. I was going to testify to the one true God up on that cross and not that stupid face diaper. The same is true here. It's about the issue at stake in your motivations. I couldn't have... uh, This has been a tour de force by Steve. I hope you were listening. I hear the excuse all the time. I just want to be a good witness to my neighbors. Guys, being a good witness to your neighbors is hard. The easy thing is going along with what the world is doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Being a good witness is hard. Mm -hmm. More often than not, the hard thing is the thing that's being a good witness to your neighbor. Yep. Well said, brother. We'll come back. Three non-political questions are next. Stay tuned. Chronic pain can be, well, a real pain. I'm not talking about, hey, I'm... Hold something, yank something, I've got an injury. That's different, all right? That is your body telling you you need treatment, healing, etc. Chronic pain is the pesky stuff, the stiff stuff that just won't go away, often found in your back, your knees, uh, your neck, uh, shoulders. For me, it's my left hip flexor. Uh, if that's you, then chances are your problem really isn't the chronic pain, but it's the inflammation that is causing it. And that's why you're looking for an all-natural anti-inflammatory like what they have at Omega XL. That's the product that I use, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It neutralizes the inflammation and the pain that comes comes from it in my body, which is why I am confident in recommending it for you as well. Right now, you can buy a bottle and get a second one for free. Buy one, get a second one for free when you go to OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Again, that's OmegaXL.com slash Steve, or give them a call at 800-844-4888. Again, 800-844-4888. It's time now for three non-political questions. I'll have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on The Steve Day Show. Yes, three non-political questions, hopefully giving us a small break from the continued demise of Western civilization, and let's just be honest, civilization in general. Question number one that I thought of an hour and a half ago. If you had to time travel to any decade in American history and restart your life in that decade, which decade would you choose? Hmm. Uh, for me, it would have to have some form of modern convenience. I'm sorry. <laughs> Last year. <laughs> I mean, I 2010. just... 2010. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm the ugly American. All right? So, you know, outhouses and no lights and uh, cut your own firewood. Nah, man. So all of human history is what you're talking about. Is- uh, you, know, um, you know, up until about the 1920s. Yeah. So for me, I guess I'd choose the 20s or the 50s. 
I guess. Um, I'm, I've always been kind of fascinated by how fast America grew in the decade of the 20s after World War One. you know, between uh, that, the Depression and World War Two, and uh, really pop culture and those sorts of things began to emerge. Plus, it would be during the Calvin Coolidge presidency. So I, I'd probably pick the 20s or the 50s, you know, during uh, the post-World War II boom, when a lot of um, maybe the last decade, and we still had tumult, there were battles over desegregation and things of that nature in the 50s, but it was really the last decade of American innocence, I guess I would say. Um, so I would, I would choose one of those two decades, uh, or... I would be born maybe later in the 80s instead of the 70s so that I'd just be a little bit younger than I am. But I, I think I'd choose the 20s or the 50s. My only issue with those two decades, though, is like everybody smoked. That's my other... And I, so you know, no other time than right now is what you're saying. I mean, good grief. Could you have any fun with this question whatsoever? This uh, is me having fun with the question. That's yes, what's so pathetic is. about it. Yes. yes, it is. I'll go 20s or 50s. I'll go with that. So I, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll add this in here as well. I didn't say where you had to move. I just say I just said when you had to move. Does that change your answer at all? Oh, no. Okay. Because um, I'm the ugly American. Okay. I, n- notice that I didn't even, that wouldn't have changed my calculus like at all. Yeah, okay. Not, not at all. Okay. No. Oh, I would think... Um, you know, sometime after the uh, revolution and the founding, and we were starting to get into uh, westward expansion. Yes. Yep. I think. Wow. I mean, the sense of that's one. Th- that's one problem. And, and you know, you, you you taste a little bit about with the space race, but there's we have no frontier now. We're very bottled up in this zoo now. And and that's debilitating. One of the reasons we're in such psychological duress, and particularly men. I mean, we we we've just been told now we just kind of Netflix and chill with life in general. We have no frontier. So when that frontier was there and the endless possibility uh, before you, I would I would say that. Yeah, I was going to say the. Somewhere in between the eighteen hundred, the early eighteen hundreds, and the eighteen fifties as well. So you you've already you know started well into you know westward expansion, but then there's also some development, kind of the, the happy medium, because largely, if you were a pioneer, uh, largely if you were a home settler or a homesteader, I should say, um, you basically were your own country. <laughs> For for if you moved far away enough, you were your own country, mm-hmm. and so at least for a little while until uh, industrialism and, and the railroad kicked into full gear, and that had its own advantages. But I I would say if you moved far enough away, you were you were largely your own country and truly truly got to be kind of uh, as much as you can east of Eden, um, the author of your own destiny as much as you can be again east of Eden. Question two: Who's better? And I'm. I'm leaving the definition of dip better wide, wide, wide open. Okay. That's for you to decide who's better, Iron Man, Captain America, or Batman. Well, I am wearing a Batman shirt today, but I'm going to go with Captain America. Uh, as much as I love Batman, Captain America has always been my favorite Marvel hero. 
uh, just, uh, to me, I think he just represents the best of what, and was meant to represent the best of what American exceptionalism was meant to to represent and to model for the rest of the world. And then in your country, what it looks like in your custom and in your language and in, in you know, in your traditions, those values, the values that Captain America stood for are transcendent, if even though our customs and traditions and the way that we do things here may may not be, but they still the values themselves transcend to to any culture. It just may, you know, play itself out or work itself out differently with different customs. But I would go I would go with Captain America because Captain America is also meant to be not just a reactive figure. Iron Man and Batman are reactive figures. They're they're two how what two individuals did to cope with their own losses. And and they turned it into something altruistic to some degree to their credit. But Captain America is meant to be not just altruistic, but an inspirational symbol at the exact same time to, to inspire us to be better than ourselves. Uh, There's nothing to argue with in that. I'm act. I'll just take the flip side and I'll take Iron Man and Batman because they are basically the the same same character in the Iron Man is Marvel's derivative of Batman, right? They're, they are both, far more broken and flawed than Steve Rogers is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And their redemptive arc uh, and how uh, it ultimately connects into uh, Christ-like redemptive suffering at the end of their tales is indicative of what they truly understood is that their, their ultimate healing was in love of brother there's no greater love than this they embodied that he who will lay down his life for their friend both the christian bale batman at the end of that trilogy uh he he did not actually he he was willing to uh lay down his life but ultimately he was i mean he was put he basically exiled himself at the end of multiple movies uh to be the thing that nobody else could be because and he gave that lecture to the Joker uh, about um, uh, in the two boats fighting against each other about what was really at stake here. So they th- their arc, and they know the only way that they could be healed from their brokenness was to tie themselves to tie themselves into something outside of themselves to the point of death. That's very well said. I was going to say. Um, Batman, and and you could go with both, but I'll I'll give the nod to Batman since he was first, I I believe. Um, I I think what Todd hit on there in in tying one's uh, sense of purpose into something beyond yourself, um, that's that's something that is so rare and so sorely lacking. Whereas, this is not to knock, there's no wrong answer in this question, that's why I designed it that way. Um, but that's something that's so rare in the redemptive story arc that Todd just talked about as well. Um, that is, that is something that is so rare and that's a message that, that needs to be out in, in, in culture as well, but particularly the, uh, if you will, dying to oneself for the larger cause, um, 
you know, all three of these characters were w- willing to do that. But I think Batman, in a lot of ways, was the most real example of that. Question number three. What's the most speechless you've been in your entire life? Hmm. Um, I'm going to let you take this one first. Uh, I, I truly remember, and I've mentioned it on the show several times before, uh, I, Steve was in the room and Rebecca before Aaron was in the room. When we were doing the show, old studio, different building, and the news came to us live that the Republicans were going to do nothing about bags of frozen baby body parts, Hmm. I was... I I th- I thought that th- the brokenness of our path had finally that th- th- our nose would be rubbed in that so much that a transformative moment was at hand, a, a an awakening. Nope, just speed bump, cruised right on by it. Uh, th- yeah, that that took my breath away. That's a good one. I mean, I think for me, nine eleven. Um. I remember the day well. I don't really remember saying anything much of that day. Uh, I was brand new in sports talk radio here locally. And yeah, I, I remember thinking a lot like, wow, you know, I mean, this could be it. This is the kind of stuff you read about in history books and it's happening right now, you know, in my time. So I would say probably for me, the last time or the most we've, I've been speechless? The most. The most, yeah. I, I think it would be 9-11 for me. I think for me, and there was no really nobody around at the time to really say anything to, and I, I hope it's not clouded by recency bias either, but I, I will never forget, I was driving back from doing some flying in, in my hometown um, last year at the end of March, Presidential address comes on. Finally, we're going to say roadmap to reopening two to three weeks. Here's the steps. And instead it was, uh, we're, no, we're going to hunker down for another 30 days. I was just completely speechless at that. Um, at that That's a good turnabout. one too. Um, yep. uh, personal, uh, personally though, uh, or not non-political, I guess, uh, maybe a different answer I would say is um, anytime, specifically there was one time where I was at an air show and I got to see a, a fighter jet break the sound barrier uh, above us, and it was uh, it was way above us, but you could you could see it, uh, or at least he was coming close. I can't can't quite remember. That's pretty breathtaking when you can when you're realizing how fast that person is going up there, that jet is going up there, and then also basically any time they do low ground maneuvers, uh, you know, a pretty close to vertical take. I mean, those things are. Those things are pretty, uh, pretty, pretty breathtaking, I guess, is a better word. All right. So, um, and by the way, if you're going to do this, man, I think you should get involved like right now. I don't know if you saw the news this morning. They, they missed the forecast for GDP by a little bit. Did you guys see this? Yeah. Yeah. They missed it by a whole lot. In fact. So, uh, folks, um, it's not just that it's summer, but we've seen trend lines like this before. It looks, this looks a lot like 2008. 
If you're thinking about getting involved in the real estate market, now's the time to get out of where you're living, where they want to keep the schools closed. you want to upgrade to the next home? What have you? I, I would do it now. Uh, I, who knows what this market looks like four to six months from now because of the direction the economy is headed in. But if you're going to do that, especially in these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you do so with an agent that you can trust, which you're going to find only at the website whose name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. That's where you want to go to find, you guessed it, a real estate agent you can trust. Now, what's that mean? Somebody who not only keeps their word, but um, has a record of success, a track record of success in the industry that can be verified. Otherwise, we wouldn't be validating them on this website. So again, the place you want to go is realestateagentsitrust.com. One more time, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Any final words on today's program? The overtime today, by the way, we are going to get into the problems of pride flags. Because apparently there's like multiples of these now that I was not even aware of. We will break it all down for you in the overtime today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's for Blaze TV subscribers anyway. Gentlemen, final thoughts. Oh, man. As um, just with the the, the entire show today and the the timbre of the show um, with with Matt Staver and the specter again of these stupid draconian, they're just it's just tyranny now it's not any measures any form of measures it's not useless it's not sense it's just tyranny now that's just what we're up against we're just uh, a bunch of people um a bunch of experts who really 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 like attention are just trying stuff just doing stuff because they can um i i'm as we get closer to my my son being born i'm thinking about okay what am i gonna do here i'm not nervous but i'm just thinking through a lot of things my number one thing that I want to impart on him. If I do my job right, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. That's, if, if there's nothing else you get from this show as well, it's going to take a whole lot of people just not being afraid of what the world thinks, about what other thinks, uh, the others think, if you will, what your neighbors think, what some people in your church might think. It's going to require a whole lot of fearlessness. Hey, we've got a show like that on this network, too. That's pretty cool. Mm. I have a few shows like that on this network, actually. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll be back again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.